And the reality is you're going to step in it. I've stepped in it. Shannon stepped in it. We've stepped in it together. (laughs) We're going to continue to step in it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Disrupting Our Practice. I'm Shannon Patterson. And I'm Greg Flynn. This podcast is for white-bodied leadership and organization development consultants, facilitators, coaches, and trainers. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to the exploration of how we practitioners can disrupt our practices, those practices where we are unwittingly perpetuating racism, oppression, and harm. And it's all in service to being able to co-create a culture of equity, justice, and healing, so we live in a world that truly works for everyone. Thanks for joining us as we work to disrupt our practice. Hi, Shannon. Hey, Greg. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of a lovely way to start our week in some ways, just to connect and just be together and in this journey. Yep. And, and wrestle with these questions. Yeah, exactly. So should we uh, check in as always here? Yeah, I, that'd be great. We can check in and then we can frame up the conversation topic. That sounds good. Uh, do you want to start? Sure. I'll start. Uh, let's Love see to know how so, you are today, how your capacity is. Yeah, thank you. I'm so I'm coming in physically. I'm feeling really good. I got in some good movement this morning. I uh, did. I was a little afraid when I woke up that I didn't have time, but I made the time, and uh, that so that's feeling really good, and that's leading to some mental clarity. Uh, I've been definitely mm-hmm. tracking the way doing vigorous movement is impacting my uh, mental acuity, and so that's something mm-hmm. that I'm paying a lot of attention to these days. Uh, so I am feeling good and mentally clear emotionally. I am, yeah, I'm right now I'm feeling good and feeling a lot of energy and, and feeling up. I would say I've noticed throughout the morning, a kind of waving kind of, you know, as I've poked into the news and, (laughs) uh, you know, had some little bit of conversation with my wife this morning about, you know, couple of things and just noticing the, the roller coaster of emotion. But in this moment, I'm feeling mm-hmm. up and good and, and, um, and my spirit is good and, you know, feeling I was doing some writing earlier and that was actually giving me some, um, I, I I'm not usually a big fan of the term hope, but like some of that optimism, I suppose. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so, so capacity wise, I'm feeling like I've got quite a bit, which is great because, Today, so we'll just kind of give away when we're recording. Today is tonight. We're starting. We have our first workshop of the series of four, and I'm going to need some capacity for that. I think, and so I've got some going into the day, which feels great. So that's where I'm yeah. at. How about yourself? Where are you? Well, I love hearing that. I can definitely see it in your energy in your face, even across this video platform world that we're in. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm just struck by um, both of us really making sure we had capacity today. Um, Cause I also like made sure I had sleep and, you know, yesterday was purposefully very spacious this morning, spacious. Um, just really wanting to come into, to our conversation tonight, you know, with Aaron and with our participants. Um, yeah. Having, having capacity um, and having a good sense of ground. So mm-hmm. 
I think for me today, kind of ground is feeling, my sense of ground is feeling, I'm feeling mentally pretty grounded. I don't have a Mm. ton of noise uh, going on. And um, emotionally, it was a big weekend. I had core energetics group therapy this weekend on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so stuff moves around in that. And um, I had some kind of deep work come up and did some edgy things. Mm. Uh, And yeah, but feeling even how the paying attention to capacity in general and building capacity to take risks and step forward and be seen and engage Mm. in these messier places. Like it's, it's a thing and it builds, you know? So Mm. yeah, just really able to be with myself differently. So I'm feeling pretty grounded even after all of that emotionally and soulfully, I really need to go to Maui. (laughs) It's like keeps coming clear, like time snorkeling with, turtles um <laughs> is good for me um so mm. i'm just also trying to like how do i do that in my day-to-day life in seattle i don't know what the equivalent is but uh i'm just feeling that that need um so yeah i'm i'm good to go for today I have capacity beautiful yeah. yeah i don't know what the equivalent of snorkeling with turtles is in seattle but when you figure it out let me know because yeah i'll be sure to let everybody know <laughs> So snorkeling with turtles is great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, Yeah. So, all right. So let me frame before we like, let me frame up what we're going to talk about. If that works for you, Shannon. It sounds great. So the, 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 I took some notes in our conversation and the, the three words that are at the front, the top of the notes are stepping in it. Right. Which is like a part of (laughs) what, what happens in this work. Right. Yeah. And, and, the the idea that what for us white bodied folks oftentimes when we step in it and there's some kind of like and I don't mean just like we realize that we stepped in it. I'm talking about like when we say or do something and then we get feedback that's like yeah some kind of feedback that lets us know in un, no uncertain terms that we've made a mistake and in in the in relationship to talking about race or engaging with a per- person of color around these issues, sometimes it feels like it comes out of left field, right? It's like it comes out of completely out of nowhere. And that, that the reality of course, is that for the person we're engaged with or the people we're engaged with, that chances are it didn't come out of nowhere. Chances are it's rooted in their own personal experience of experiencing microaggressions or very direct, explicit racism, dealing with white bodied folks in a way, you know, dealing with our positionalities in a way that kind of builds and builds and builds and accumulates over time. Not to right. mention the legacies in the history of, you know, white bodied folks, white bodied men, white bodied women, white bodied non-binary trans folks, like encountering people of color. And so we talked about this kind of from a very specific, we're not going to get specific in this, but from a specific example. And then the the other side of that is, or another side of that is, uh, given that that can happen, usually we end up experiencing some kind of shame emerges Mm -hmm. when we're giving that feedback. So how do we, and what does it look like to develop the capacity to stay in and be in our shame, not dump our shame onto the person mm-hmm. who's just given us the feedback, therefore continuing the cycle, but also not turning away, not yeah. disengaging from the relationship, not 
disappearing into a shame spiral. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the, uh, I Ooh. guess the highlight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much there, Greg. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah this, the stepping in it. I mean, even as you say that it takes me into the times I've stepped in it and I can just viscerally feel it. And I feel, yeah, I do feel the shame. And for me, I think it's been really helpful for me to recognize what shame looks like. And it has many different, many different patterns mm-hmm. of showing up for me. So I think that's such an important question is like, what does shame, how do you recognize shame in yourself? You know, and then there's defenses we have against our own shame um, and understanding those. And then like in the moment, developing the capacity to have all that happen in the moment and know, have some clue of what I might do next, you know, Mm. that doesn't center me uh, and tries to, tries to acknowledge the impact of what I've done. And maybe that's it. Cause I was about to say that, that acknowledges and then repairs, but whether something gets repaired in a moment is not up to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's just many layers of complexity here. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, that's just what I'm sitting with. And uh, I think the other thing, I don't know what order we're going to talk about these in, but you know, this, this is such a somatic in your body, like know yourself, know how to manage I don't even like the word manage. That feels kind of bleh. But like be with yourself in these periods mm-hmm. of, of upset, right? And mm-hmm. and there is a way in which sometimes when we're doing this work with other white-bodied folks is, and myself included, like give me the diagram, where's the framework? <laughs> give, me the, give me the thing I can hang on to. And kind of what I want to acknowledge both things are true. Mm-hmm. You know, that for me, there has been a way that the the cognitive understanding has made it possible in that moment to be like, okay, it's almost like seven slides of frameworks go by. And I'm like, this is all happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a way in which that cognitive understanding has helped me ground mm. and then be with the shame and build capacity. So mm. I just wanted to mention that in terms of, you know, cause you and I don't do teachy stuff here or frameworky stuff here. We kind of talk about what's happening really and, you know, have some inquiries and share our experience. And that's part of why, you know, mm-hmm. you can go get the frameworks from elsewhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the, you know, the ultimate framework in a lot of ways is the, what are you noticing? Like, what are you mm. like actually tracking in your body, you know, right in this moment, what are you, what's happening is, yeah. you know, the, like in some ways the ultimate, there's all kinds of other frameworks that are super valuable and useful, but if, if we're actually, and this is, I, this is one of the things I think is really interesting about this point and this idea about building this kind of capacity is it isn't just about these kinds of conversations and being in conversations about race. This no. is the sort of thing that like, I don't know, for me, when I, when I really have been working on this and I'm still working on it, believe you me, like I had an experience this weekend with my wife that sent me into a deep shame spiral that I needed to climb out of before going and seeing some family, right? It was like, there was a lot of work that had to happen so that I could go and drive and, you know, do a family thing. And that, you know, that takes, that takes some effort. So it's helpful in, in every aspect of our lives. I think the thing that's so core about it in this work is that the, you know, the experience that white-bodied folks tend to have 
especially if we're new to this work is th this like huge welling up as we become more and more aware of the historical legacy of things and the experience people are having and the, and the idea that what folks, people of color, you know, black bodied folks in particular are telling us is true. Right. And this comes mm -hmm. back. I think we talked a little bit about the color of fear in that moment. Uh, there's, I, I, I think I linked to it in one episode where there's a moment where um, there's what the facilitator asks the, the white bodied man, what if what this black bodied man is telling you is true? And it just changes everything when you get into that. And, and we don't have the ground for that. You know, our, our cultural upbringing, our, our, you know, our conditioning is such to avoid that at all costs. Right. Right to comfort. Right to comfort. Avoiding you know? conflict. I think it all comes up, right? The perfectionism yeah, should have, shouldn't have done that. Should have known better. That's yep. definitely my personal material too. So it just is amplified. Right. And so I think, you know, it's like, you know, you think about the concept of white fragility, you know, and like Robin D'Angelo, you know, her, her work, which is very good and, and important reading. And then, you know, the other side is like Reverend Angel saying, Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams saying uh, in, in a podcast episode I was listening to, white people aren't fragile, right? Mm -hmm. the, there isn't, you can't do this kind of oppression and be fragile. But I think that doesn't mean that we don't have this shame. And that's, that I think is what, you know, Robin D'Angelo is pointing to is like our shame comes up and we need to figure out how to develop that capacity. Otherwise our stepping in it becomes, an, uh, you know, it happens again and again. And I think we've, you know, y there's lots of examples, the whole, the whole Karen example, right. Is that, mm -hmm. you know, like when you see all these videos of people who are freaking out and they're crying and they fall to the floor and they're just like, that, like, it's like, that's somebody with like almost negative capacity for shame, <laughs> you know? In some ways. Right. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing in the white folks aren't fragile uh, and making that distinction of instead there's just very little, or in some instances, just no capacity um, to be in shame or to be in discomfort, you know, or how quickly we're, we're just, we're just taken out to be in any kind of interpersonal discomfort, you mm -hmm. know, and to, understand ourselves enough and take responsibility for it. I want to circle back to, you know, the idea of the collective, the collective historical, which you mm -hmm. uh, alluded to, I th think here, it would just be important to say, like, what are we talking about? Mm -hmm. uh, and it always helps me to understand what to try and articulate it. So how about should I try and articulate it here? Does that make sense? Yeah, go for it. I keep fidgeting with all sorts of papers. So Sorry, audience, if you hear <laughs> rustling in the background. Um, what's easiest for me to think about this in terms of examples, you know, of personal example. Greg, you were, there's kind of two different layers. You were mentioning all, all the microaggressions that people of color have to endure in any given day. And so I also think about like where an interaction I might have where it becomes clear that I've caused harm. Mm -hmm. where where that's happened in that person's day or week or month around the burden and the harm that they have experienced thus far. And then I, you know, I add the 
the thing that just is one thing too many. Uh, so I think it helps me to just be aware of that. Um, and, you know, and then like from there, sometimes when that harm, you know, might be made, like it can get bigger, right? I was talking about this with some women in my understanding whiteness about an something that had happened between a colleague and a person of color. And then that kind of went outside that relationship into other, into other realms. And, you know, the women in my group said, well, that seems extreme. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That doesn't seem extreme to me uh, in terms of thinking about, like you said, Karen or, you know, white women and our legacy of causing harm to different people of color, different positionalities throughout history. And so there's also that, like maybe there's a long lineage of harm with people that look like me. And so I just showed up in the room and that was enough, you know, or I think about learning and development spaces that I go into uh, and you come on zoom and there's eight women, eight white women in glasses, middle-aged, you know, with their like little perfect backgrounds and what is that like to just, you haven't even started the workshop and there is a sea of eight white women in glasses, middle-aged staring back at you. Um, You know, and how that just goes on and on. That's a long, so I think if I'm, if we're on the same page and that we don't even necessarily need to be, but just that, that's what we're talking about when we talk about the historical piece that can just come right in or what makes a reaction from somebody seem, extreme or it just all of a sudden went bigger. That's what I find myself holding now. It's like, Oh, there's all that. And this, this goes back to like the go listen to seeing, seeing white by on from the scene on radio podcast and go read the books that, you know, that talk about the history of the, the creation of this. Cause it, it isn't something that just comes out of an individual's experience. It's actually being passed on legacy after legacy. And, you know, and so our positionalities are not just our own <laughs> in some ways. They right. are also um, archetypal in a way in which, mm-hmm. and that's, I think that's another piece of it, right? Is as white-bodied folks, our tendency is to take it personally about me. It's like, this is a th- me thing as opposed to, right. oh, I understand here. So like when Aaron talks about, we've talked about in other episodes, you know, his experience of me as being like seeing this cop, this SWAT. SWAT officer and think, Oh, there's Greg, you know, it's like, okay, well that was, you know, there could have been any number of me's that he looked at that officer and said, that's, that's this person. And it took, you know, it, it took me a while to be like, Oh wait, okay, this isn't personal. <laughs> this isn't like, he's not saying, Greg, you're this, you're like this. He's saying, this is how I experience people with your positionality with who are as big as you with, who look like you, who carry yourself in this way. This is how I yeah. experience you. And that, right. that's, a, that's, that's helpful to know in a lot of ways. Cause it's like, okay, I, I can track myself a little differently than when I'm engaging with him. You know? So I, I feel like that would, I'm interested, like, what do you feel then that you're tracking? Like, can you say a little bit about that? Track yourself differently, what you mean? Well, I definitely know that uh, if, you know, it means that if I'm, engaging with, I mean, th- this is, I think it's a little different with Aaron just because of the kind of relationship we've relationship built. Relationship the there. Right. right. So we've actually built relationship and 
I think there's a way in which, you know, what he was reflecting back to me was like an energy that he sees, but not how he, not, not, not about our relationship. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think that it, it helps me understand like, okay, if I'm going into a space, a mixed space and the way in which they, well, first of all, there's the, the reality is that when I come into the space, I'm going to be experienced not just the way that I think I'm going to be experienced or the way that I want to be experienced. I'm going to be experienced based on lots of different things. And this, I mean, this is true for lots of different identities, right? It's, it's true for women like too, right? Like if I'm, if I come in, I can't imagine that I'm just like, you know, going to be immediately seen as the, you know, what, what I believe, what I believe to be the relatively approachable and kind and kind of, fun person that I am, right? Like, sorry, I'm I'm, laughing because, you know, we, we do sit around us women and then the guy's like, oh, great. The big, tall white guys here, just what we need. Everything's going to shift now, you know? So this exists among, this isn't just race only. Right, Right, exactly. And so, you know, and so the, but the, the, that I'm, so, and, and this is the thing, right? Like there, there are people of, like, I've never had the conversation with other people of color in my life. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm curious, you know, how do you see me as a white bodied person? And part of that's because, you know, the, the amount of labor in that Aaron's, Aaron's doing that on purpose. You know, he's sharing that, you know, and he's, he's like, I've got the capacity to do it. I want to do it. I'm going to, you know, to go and ask folks doesn't necessarily feel right unless I had that kind Mm-mm. of relationship, but I'm just not feel like I have that kind of relationship, but definitely the, the ability to track like, or the, the awareness to track, you know, how I experience myself and how you experience me are going to be two different things. And they're for diff- two different reasons, you know, right. like your experience of me is, is, is layered with all this history, your own history and the history and legacy of white bodied people in general and up and as an oppressive force. My experience of me is rooted in my experience of me, <laughs> which <Right>. is also <laughs> limited by all kinds of stuff in my Right. You have your own conditioning of- from those very systems and yeah. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. You know, and like the, like, you know, the world is built for me, right? Like I can walk into any room, you know, right? I can, I belong everywhere, right? And right. I can speak and in any space, right? Like I have that right or that I'm, it's expected of me in some ways. Mm-hmm. And you expect to be listened to. Sure. You know, like, of course, you yeah. know, why not? Everybody's always listened in the past and it was kind of made, you know, the, uh, the, yeah, the conditioning makes that, uh, makes that feel that way. You know, then there's all the other like blind spots and shadow stuff I can't see about myself that, you know, right. like, is stuff that I need to work on. Like what came up for me <laughs> this weekend, this past This weekend? weekend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel really struck by, in my body, like I heard, like I belong everywhere. Mm. And I was like, oof. You know, just belonging in general mm-hmm. and – yeah, being able to just find myself thinking about I can walk into a lot of spaces and belong there or or feel like I do anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I belong here. And I can also feel those places where I feel like I don't belong. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I guess that feels important for listeners even just to stop for a moment and feel in your own body what it feels like to not belong to feel like that day in and day out and day in and day out 
mm-hmm. or have very mm-hmm. certain places and very small slivers of your day where you're in a place where you feel like you belong. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I don't know if, how true this is, but I'm just feeling like the, just feel what that's like. Yeah. And there's, there's a, there's something that's interesting that's coming up for me here, which is the, where the personal trauma story and the conditioning overlap, because mm-hmm. I think for me, there's a lot of places where I feel like I should feel like I belong. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. most places I feel like I should feel like I belong, but then I have some story that runs in me that tells me I don't belong. And that mm-hmm. that's not rooted in my positionality. That's rooted in my upbringing and my own unique trauma story. And, right. and so like, it, I think it's easy f- for me to go like, oh, I know what it's like to feel like I don't belong. But the reality is, is that in those places where I feel like I don't belong, I feel like I should feel like I belong. And I'm not sure how true that would be across different identities. Yeah. I Am I making agreed. sense in that? I'm not sure. I if think I'm so. <laughs> well, it feels like you're grappling with that extra layer of, I don't know, just walk into a C-suite you know, corporate executive suite to do a leadership thing. And are you saying, I think society or conditioning, I should feel like I belong here. And there's something running in you that that is not true. Not always. I mean, sometimes. Not always. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, I guess I'm lost on the like, so therefore what, or what feels important about naming those two things? I'm trying to parse out the, part of me that feels like I could say to a person of color, Oh, I know what it feels like to not belong in right spaces. Like I know Got what it. it feels like to not feel welcome because I know what it feels like to not belong. So I've gone into some meetings where I've like sat there being like, I'm a fraud. I'm like, this is total nonsense. There's no reason for me to be here. If they find out I'm a fraud, I'm all that stuff. But, but there's, but there's a, a part of me that recognizes that, actually this like I'm the kind of person this is built for. And I can only imagine that for folks, cause you hear this story of like, you know, it's, this comes back to Patrice Palmer's idea of like, you know, you're welcome here versus I had you in mind, right? Like coming into, coming into spaces and I'm, I'm making stuff up now, but like coming into a workspace or an executive suite and recognizing like, Oh, <laughs> like I, this is not, this is not, I am not who they had in mind for this space. And I actually don't belong here unless I conform myself so severely and do that code switching and become the, the person that, that this organization or this group of people feels comfortable and safe with. Um, mm-hmm. and therefore it's actually not for me. And so I actually don't belong here. Those I think are significantly different things. And, and I just want to slow myself down because I know that there's a, it's, it's easy for me to get to get pulled into the idea of like, Oh, I can relate to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's tricky right here, right. Mm -hmm. Of where I think what I, what helps me is I can get, it can be a cognitive idea. You know, I can Mm -hmm. take Patrice Palmer's statement, Mm -hmm. you know, welcome here versus I had you in mind. And like, that can be interesting Right. And so there's a way in which 
I want to feel, I want a somatic experience. So I know what that is in my own body and I can Mm -hmm. grapple with it and grapple with my assumptions and my trauma stories and my, all of the stuff (laughs) that comes up there, um, assumptions. And I think what you're naming is when that slides into equivalency or I can relate or we're all just human because I also don't belong or I know Mm -hmm. what it's like to not belong. So I think that's what you're pointing to. Yes. 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 And so it feels like both it's a both and like, yeah, you know, having that somatic experience and the grappling and the unpacking and knowing it's never equivalent and you actually never know. And to be on the lookout. And that's actually where we, an example, I think too, of where we center ourselves. I mean, you and I were talking about, you know, this is an idea that we get sometimes and don't get at other times. Mm -hmm. So I think that equivalency becomes about us centering ourselves again, instead Mm -hmm. of staying with, you know, another identities and positionalities experience. So. um, Yeah. And it it seems like centering ourselves is probably a, a reaction to shame. Right, like I mean, part of it is. Because That's funny. I'm just thinking we that <laughs> we don't know what else to do. In some ways, like, right? You know, because and, and like and I think you know, you and I have been wrestling with this in question, even with in terms of the workshops we're doing, right? Like of, you know, oh goodness, are these questions that we're do, that we're putting forward and suggesting to Aaron as being part of the the you know the the first workshop? Are they centering the right uh, the right positionality? you know, and, right. And how do we know? And like, and then we get, we get kind of wrapped up in that. That's for sure. True. And I think we, I think it does make it easier for us to, to orient and like to navigate our shame by like centering our own experience and not like taking a step back and holding what another's experience might be. Because when we do that, there's so much there that's like, Oh my goodness. I, what, what have I been a part of? How have I been, been complicit in this? If I actually own my complicity, then what does that say about me? Because again, we think of ourselves as individuals as opposed to part of a a system and culture of oppression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the shame response. So it's so it's interesting. <laughs> um, you're just talking about things being interesting. Yeah, that the shame. Yeah, the shame, some of the shame response brings it right back to us. You know, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Part of the shame response is we don't know what else to do. So there's a mm-hmm. there's a capacity to just not know. And I think this also relates to the discomfort, you know, the capacity to just sit there. Just sit there and feel like crap. I mean, You know, I, I also will go to what, what do I do? What does it mean? What do I do? What does it mean? Instead of yeah. just sit there with it, like, blech. Yeah. Um, so that's what I find myself thinking about in this moment related to shame and building shame capacity. And some of what I, I, what helped me in this place still helps me in this place is when we took Jenny and Dylan's disrupting our whiteness um, was just to name what was true. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like, wow, I just feel really uncomfortable and I feel shaky and I'm feel blank. Mm-hmm. And just to have that be like you were saying, the ultimate framework is to notice, yeah. uh, to notice and feel. And like through that, that alone, notice and feel, notice and feel. I think it also helps us be able to just be together because part of this mm-hmm. is being together. It's relational. It's being in community. I and mean, we're all activated and, and we're all going to be activated. Don't get me wrong. But when we're activated and busy, trying not to be activated and whatever that looks like, that takes us out of relationship actually. Mm-hmm. So just to sit there being activated, uncomfortable, and together. Yeah. And and the relationship piece is important, right? So recognizing where we are. So like if we're, you know, we're talking here to facilitators and, you know, folks holding space, if you're stepping into a facilitation where everybody, most of the people in the room, you're just meeting, right? Right. And you get activated and, and you know, you're like, this is the part where I think it's important to have to develop some capacity to be able to stay present, to stay in this, stay in the room and say, I'm going to deal with this later. Like I'm going to take this shame and I'm going to put it over here and I'm going to go process it. I'm going to have somebody to process it with. I'm going to do a listening session, right? I'm going to go to my, um, whatever community. And this is, you know, I think, you know, Resma Menicum always talks about, white-bodied folks need the community. You need people that you're doing this with on a regular basis, not at a workshop. People you meet, you know, and, and you know for a couple of weeks, but like people you're going to be in relationship with for 10 or 20 years and be like in deep relationship with. And because that's not the place to actually say, let me tell you how uncomfortable I'm feeling. <laughs> yes, not when <laughs> you know you're in I mean? the seat of the facility. Well, I mean, well, mostly or, or, not. Mostly it's, I think it, I think it's, again, it comes back to relationship, right? And if right. you're, if you have the kind of, if you're in a, a kind of relationship with somebody where you could say, can I, are you okay with me telling you what's happening for me? You know? And they say, no, no. or yes. You know, if they say yes, then it's like, okay, here's what's happening. You know, but because I think the, the, one of the things that happens and this is the, you know, there's and there's there's some books I actually haven't read that I don't know if you've got them on your list. Um, there's one called White Women's Tears, I think. That it's that, on, yeah, that, it's on my list. That like I think it's this is what it's talking about, right? Is the whole idea of like okay, now I'm experiencing shame, and then I process it in the room, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, so here's what's happening for me. I'm crying. I'm I'm upset, and it's like for the person of color, it's like right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you telling me like, go, t- go deal with your shit. Like th- this isn't for me right. to deal with. And I think that's something that that's hard for us to oftentimes process is I want to process with you. I mean, I've said this to Aaron, right? The very first time we met him, I said, you know, I'm heartbroken. We was, we, you know, I think he brought up some scenario or whatever it was we were talking about something that like lived within the experience of black bodied folks and their, the, the, um, the pain of that oppression. I don't remember if it was had to do with police shootings or if it had to do what it, what it was. But I remember saying to him, I'm, I'm of two minds here because I am absolutely and utterly heartbroken, but I also don't want to put my labor on you. Right. So I don't want to, I, I don't want to put my emotional labor on you. I don't want you to like be the, like, have to the holder of your heartbrokenness you to hold right. all of that and at the same time i want to sit down next to you and cr- cr- weep and cry together 
because I, 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 that's, that's like what my heart longs for. And like, I was, I feel very lucky to have, to have been able to be in a workshop where he was very explicitly inviting these kinds of statements. Cause I think this is true for a lot of folks. We feel this, this tension. And what was his response, right? His response was like, well, let's be in that question for the next 10 years together. Right. And, and think about why that's not possible. Right. You know, and so, you know, so anyways, I think this is, and, and so that, that to me, it's like the, one, one of the, one of the, another core framework, like if we're thinking about these frameworks of like the, of the noticing, the other framework is to, who are your people? Who are you, yeah. who are you processing with? Where are you going and sessioning and being in community and um, wrestling with the questions? Mm -hmm. And wrestling with the feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Feels so true. Mm. I also feel drawn back to that. Uh, you brought it back to the, the listener being, you know, someone who might be facilitating a workshop, you know, or leading an engagement where something happens and, you know, probably not the time to say, let me tell you how I'm feeling. Um, and like noticing in those moments, just probably, well, what then, what do you do as a facilitator? Right. So I think there's so many, well, it depends, you know, was it with you and a, a person of color? Was it between two other people in the room that you're facilitating? I think there's lots of, lots of things I'm thinking, you know, sometimes it can just be good to slow it down and stop, mm -hmm. you know, which is uh, like, okay, we've, everybody, the energy's gone up. I think we can all feel it. Let's just have a moment of silence and just sort of settle into ourselves a little bit. And, you know, and then you can find your, if it's not you and the other person, or maybe even if it is, you know, the wits to the wits about you to, you know, have that probably be resolved elsewhere with other people at a different time. Mm -hmm. Right. But how can that acknowledgement and the holding and the centering of the person of color's experience just by acknowledging and, you know, maybe letting it be, mm -hmm. uh, is, you know, maybe step zero, um, mm -hmm. as the thing to do and to mm -hmm. just let all the discomfort be there. I know in myself, I get in that facilitator place and in my own personal place, and I just want to resolve it and make it all better. And as we've been talking about this whole episode, I think, uh, I mean, just invite you all to remember, and I'm to myself as well, just everything that's in the room at that moment. So we've been talking for 40 minutes about all the stuff that's in the room mm -hmm. when we step in it. Um, yep. Yeah. So having some ability to just be with all that yeah. kind of feels like a good first full circles, maybe to begin to wrap this up, Greg. Yes. Yeah. It's where I was, we're back to stepping in too. it. So yeah. What else, what would you want to say in wrap up? What what I'd want to say is is I think the tendency is to think well how do I not step in it? Yes. And Good the reality is you're going to step in it. I've stepped in it. Shannon stepped in it. We've stepped in it together. <laughs> we're going to continue yes. to step in it. And I think we're going to like this is one of the things I love is the you know the holistic resistance invitation to reach and miss. Mm -hmm. You know, and and the repair comes. You know, it's part of it. And like back to what you're saying, the repair, the idea is usually 
a facilitation and an engagement should be a, have a nice bow on it. And I think we're learning. I think we've come to the point more and more where even our one off and our one off things, we recognize like there's no such thing as a nice bow, actually, <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. <laughs> what Not we really. think of as a nice bow is like you're all you've ever really done is like open the next question, right? So you've created right. always kind of working with a, a generative tension, and sometimes we're we're working with a more uncomfortable and challenging tension that isn't necessarily as generative as we want it to be. It's actually rooted in mm. some kind of harm, and so that means follow through. That means ongoing conversations. That means dealing with our shit and. You know, and so it, this this is messy, and it, and but the reality is, is if we think we can get away with not dealing with it, if we can think we can get away with having a facilitation career or a, a career in which we're or a life in which we are move through the world, <laughs> yeah. we're engaging with other human beings and not make a mess of things every once in a while. We're like way out of whack. Like that's totally nonsense. It's completely bananas to consider. Yeah, and we're missing depth. I mean, you're making me think of you're making me think of what Aaron always will say here of um, or Aaron and Portia. I mean, come on, imagine we get married and we say, you know what? I will never ever hurt you or say anything that makes you uncomfortable or pisses <laughs> you off. I will never do that ever. And it's like. No, that's right. bananas, you know? And so yeah. in some ways that's what we're saying when we wish it's like, well, I'll just get good enough and do all this stuff. So I won't step in it. Well, yeah. Or I'll learn, I'll learn the techniques. I'll take the workshops. I'll get the processes. I'll have the frameworks, you know, and all important stuff, all good stuff. And like, we're going to step in it and our, uh, you know, uh, our ability to actually make an impact lies not in our, like having the right tool to fix it, but in our ability to actually stay present, stay connected, stay in relationship, not dump on the other person or the other people and process our stuff, learn from it, repair and continue, <laughs> you know, like exactly. And there's, so there's, there's our framework. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yes. <laughs> so there's, your, there's your bow. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. You know, I've been collecting some really interesting, uh, uh, new frameworks. So I think we need to start posting these things. They mostly involve pictures of messes with a couple of words on them. So <laughs> I think, oh, I think that's good. Of, place of spaghetti. Yeah. So yes, that's, that's uh, all it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, so here's the thing is when this, when this drops, I believe this will drop the day after we have completed the second workshop of four, right? Which means so that on there February are two more 14th. Workshops. Somewhere. Yep. Yeah. So it could be. No, but I, I that's great because sure. that's, you know, I mean, I know it's an Americanized bullshit holiday about love, but I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, but what so I, where I was staying going, in relationship, where I was going with that, and that I will not deny all that is where I was going with that, though, is that means that there are two more workshops left and chances are there's some spots and um, so that means that you could potentially join us for a workshop on the stories we carry, which is another nice way of saying uh, our trauma stories, talking about our trauma stories, so we, which we touched a little bit on here. And then the last one will be the the, uh, the tools of the trade conversation that we'll have. And that first workshop, the, the trauma stories one, 
Stories We Carry workshop uh, will be co-facilitated by Aaron Johnson. So, And that is on February 27th, in case you're wondering when that is. And then the next one is March 6th, Tools of the Trade, putting it all together for you know, the conversations that you've been in or the, the learning you've been doing outside of these workshops and like, what does that mean for organization development, leadership development, you yeah. know, using all the various models that we use and what assumptions are baked in and what do we see now? Exactly. And both workshops are three to 5 PM Pacific on zoom. So, um, there'll be people coming for, from all over the country for these things. And we're super excited about them. So hopefully you can join for those last couple ones. And yeah. I think that's it. Right, Shannon? No, I think that's it, Greg. That's a, uh, you know, and building community. I think that's really what you and I want to do here is build community and relationship to be in this work together. And yes, yes. And, um, uh, yeah. Very Change good. the world well, one something at a time. <laughs> I don't know what trying. the thing is. One something. Yeah. One something. <laughs> Conversation, one question. Yes. So. One feeling. Okay. So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, as always, you can contact us, Greg or Shannon at connectionworks.com. Please let us know uh, what's happening in your world or how this is all landing for you. Just like and subscribe, post reviews, all that stuff. Thank you. And yeah. Next looking time. Forward to ne- looking forward to next time. Thanks, Shannon. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Bye. Bye.